Arbuckle gets traded. Matthew Shinetti helps us understand the deal. And the Argos lose in Montreal, but look to bounce back this Saturday at home to BC. Crack those beers, it's the Argos Fancast. You can find us at Argos Fancast on Twitter or anywhere you find your friendly neighborhood podcast. Just search Argos Fancast or directly at theargosfancast.podbean.com. I'm Clay Chisholm. You can find me at all kinds of clay on the Twitter and Instagram machines. And joining us, as always, our resident historian from argofans.com. He is our VP of Football Operations, Will Gertler, MBA. Evening, everybody, or whatever time of day you're choosing to listen to this. You can find me on ArgoFans on Twitter or at www.argofans.com. And yes, I'm trying to figure this out too. And from the double blue order, Sir Douglas of House Ballinger, second of his name, Lord of Section 116, Warden of the South Side, and Protector of the Realm. How's it going, everybody? You can find me on Twitter at DougB519. You can find my group, The Double Blue Order, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Double Blue Order, on Twitter at Double Blue Order, and on Instagram at The Double Blue Order. Double Blue Mo- and we got merch available, DoubleBlueOrder.ca. And get your shirt for uh, our new starting quarterback. Law Firm shirts available at DoubleBlueOrder.ca. Well, gentlemen, um, I think we have to get to the news that broke today right off the bat. Um, Breaking news, top story. (laughs) The Argos have re-signed Brian Jones. What the fuck were they thinking? (laughs) (laughs) No, that's not the news, uh, but that did happen. Um... They have traded Nick Arbuckle to the Elks for a conditional third-round pick in the 2022 draft and the rights to a Nagless player, which happens to be quarterback Chad Kelly, uh, who people may recognize his last name. He is the nephew of Bill's quarterback, great Jim Kelly. Um, and that uh, that condition on the third round pick, if Arbuckle re-signs with the Elks, it gets upgraded to a second round pick. Huh. Huh. Why? Something. Something has to have happened behind the scenes that we're never going to know about here. I mean, look, I get he was a pending free agent and he could have walked for nothing in the, in the um, off season. And, you know, I imagine he's probably not, he probably hasn't been happy riding the bench in the last four weeks, but you know, with the way I'm not sold on the quarterback, we still have, I mean, I think the three of us don't, dislike him as much as some in our fan base do, but Facebook did you not 
see how he played on Friday? Well, let's let's give the devil his due here. The right side of the O-line was absolutely victimized. I get that, but he still threw four interceptions. I would throw four yeah. interceptions if the O-line was, was that porous. Well, guess what? I haven't seen any indication that Travon Tate's not starting on Saturday. <laughs> so God help us. Well, um, John Murphy actually uh, spoke about this on a on a presser, and uh, he he outlined three reasons they believe, uh, or three reasons. I, I'm not sure. I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to get us in trouble, but three reasons they want us to believe they traded, uh, they got rid of Nick Arbuckle. Get us in trouble. I think, you know, it's twofold, uh, or actually three. One is the the factor that, you know, even with the, how things played out last week, you know, Mac has secured himself, you know, as the starting quarterback this season, uh, won the job when there was a competition, um, reestablished himself a few weeks ago. Um, you know, when he went back in there. And, and then I think also, uh, you know, Antonio Pipkin brings a little different variety to what he can do. You're dressing only two quarterbacks, uh, you know, this season. And then there in total comes the, the injury toll. Um, you know, we're dealing with a, a shortened season, um, which also has percentages when it comes to, you know, any veteran player now um, that you dress is going to be on the active roster, whether you are dressing them and playing them actively, or if they're then on one game. So if you start getting some of your other players back from injury, you're not able to then just move veteran players to the practice roster or release them. Uh, so kind of having that, you know, one A, one B, and and having two starting quarterbacks uh, was a really good concept until this point. But uh, you know, in the last month, we played three games where we lost three Canadians in each of those games. I don't think I've had a season where I've had three Canadians get lost in a game that many times. And it's just not something you can successfully uh, put your best a roster out there. If at the same time you're, you're paying two starting quarterbacks. So, you know, some very logical reasons from Mr. Murphy. Um, I, I still feel they're, has to be a little bit more. There's probably, there has to be something, there must have been something that went on behind the scenes that we don't know about. Well, because Dinwiddie was so high on him. Yeah. And, I mean, when Dinwiddie spoke, he said, it, you know, just didn't work out for him here. Uh, and I, I'm kind of, leaning towards they maybe didn't see the potential in him anymore that they once did. But it's still like, I like McLeod Bethel Thompson as, as much as anybody. Um, but you've got a 33 year old quarterback that you're given the reins to, um, and you've got a 
28-year-old quarterback that you're getting rid of. I get that that it's, you know, a salary move and some of the changes in what they have to do this year have made it that, but that can't be the only, those can't be the only reasons, really. We'll talk no. to Matthew, we'll talk to Matthew Shinetti a little bit later and, and uh, hopefully he can bring a little bit of clarity to this for us. Um, but uh, before we do that, the Argos played a game. Allegedly. It, allegedly. Um, on Friday, they lost Badly. to the Alouettes 37-16. to um, They looked like they were going to be able to hold them in the first quarter. And then everything fell off, and they gave up three touchdowns in the second quarter, and then another 16 points in the second half. Uh, Stat lines are horrible. McLeod Bethel-Thompson, 25 for 40, 291 yards, and four picks. Um, They rushed the ball. 12 times. Four from John White for 20 yards. McLeod Bethel Thompson had one run for 19. Pipkin had four rushes for 10, two of those for touchdowns. And DJ Foster had three carries for five yards. Um, on the other side, we gave up 203 yards to William Stanback. Alone. <laughs> Horrible. Yeah. Worst performance of the season, easy. Yep. And then you, and then huh? you, and then Eugene Lewis, seven for seven, one hundred and fifty-six yards, two touchdowns, including a brutal one where oh, that was just god awful. Pull some pull. miscommunication somewhere. Yeah, pull Tristan Deku down by his hair to catch the other one. Uh, well, I think this is. Just a good of any time to, uh... The good. The bad. The ugly. Um, well, let's start off with the good. I think the only good here was Curly Gittins Jr. Yep. That's going to um, be unanimous, I think. Eight catches, 116 yards. Yep. Uh, Ricky Collins wasn't too bad either, but apart from that, I don't think you can put a good on anything else here. Um, oh, you just got the sense that, you know, the Argos kept it close in the first quarter. And it's just like something, you know, the, the Montreal got that touchdown uh, with the hair pulling. The Argos respond with a touchdown drive of their own. You're, you're thinking like, okay, you know, maybe... This will settle yep. into something, and then after that, nothing. Nothing. It just, yeah, disappointing. I mean, it was a game for first place, and Montreal simply came out with a lot more intensity than. Yep. Toronto. 
and uh, the hero from the previous week, uh, Boris Beatty, um, I think fell a victim to uh, the strong leg that he has. Because his punts kind of hung up or got knocked right down real quick because uh, that wind was swirling pr- uh, pretty high. And then he, one of his field goals just literally dropped. Yep. From 49 yards, something that, that he should be, you know, if he's missing, he's kicking it through the back of the end zone, you know, 40 feet in the air. Like, he doesn't miss short on 49-yard field goals. That win made him, made his kicking look horrendous. And he did not adjust to that. Um, yeah. That's, I honestly thought he put too much backspin on it. But well, I mean, I mean, if, that, if the wind, if the wind caught it, then yeah, that that would also explain why it was why I it mean, just you fell. Put the, you, you put the backspin on it. It's it, usually the higher you kick, the the more backspin is going on it. Yeah, um, and uh, you know that's it's six and one half does the other, right? Yeah. The Montreal Alouettes had 32 rushing attempts to 18 pass attempts. Yeah. Well, we knew we know that the run defense has been an issue since uh, Chris Jones took over, and they didn't have any answer for them. I think you know the bit of a problem is is our. Uh, I was talking about this with Ben Grant on Twitter, and, and we both agreed. We have a small, our defensive tackles are undersized. And he said, we're, the, the Argos defense just isn't designed to take a pounding. No. No, and, and you know, especially when you're, you're, you're running out there with the really only one legit linebacker. Um, McCoyle yeah. and, and Edwards are both converted defensive backs. Exactly. You know, and they're 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 built for a team that wants to pass pass against them a lot. You know, but you start running against them, and you know they they played well, but you're going to get exposed. Enoch Mwamba can only do so much. And they yeah. were and they and they were double teaming them all night too. Hmm. And they, I mean, and we got, somehow our defense managed to get three sacks out of it. Well, the two of them, I think, were early in the game when they kind of had. I'm not even sure what the turning turning (laughs) point here was. Was it? I I would honestly say it was that that the, the touchdown, the touchdown after, after we scored, when Montreal, yeah. Montreal came back and responded to that, and that was well, that so the was whole it. team. The whole team just ah, <sighs> and there was just so much to yell about. Like how how do you literally pull somebody's hair and it not get called? 
and then it gets reviewed automatically. Yes, but they're. But apparently they can't call a penalty on that. Apparently they're not supposed to be looking for penalties, or I don't know. Yeah, I that was just confusing as hell. Then what are you reviewing? I mean, the guy was clearly in bounds. He caught the ball. Like, yeah, it, yeah. See, that's my point. If the command center isn't going to do that, then what's the point of the fucking command center? And what's the point? Like, what's the point of having a a scoring play have the the ability for an automatic review so you don't challenge it because you think it's going to be automatically reviewed and you think the command center is going to see that and tell them that yeah, your your striped shirt's fucked up. Well, why should we have to challenge something that's clearly <laughs> that was clearly uh, that was clearly shown to be a penalty to begin with? Yeah, but yeah, and and I guarantee you that's exactly the the train of thought that the that Toronto had, even though they're not going to say it. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, they they and they said, well, you know, if we if uh, guys would have said something, we would have pulled the flag and stuff like that. I'm like. Well, the guys responding it go, well, that's automatically... I thought Deku so. did say something, but... Oh, he, he did. did say, yeah. That was very he, clear. He did, let's but stop, I care... Yeah. I let's care. not harp too much on this, though. <laughs> it wasn't okay. the reason we lost. No, there's no. a lot of other reasons why. <laughs> yeah. The right side of the offensive line... Somebody take the roller skates off Trayvon Tate. He did not look like he belonged out there. And the problem is Jamal Campbell's out long term. Yep. They're going so, to have to figure out something there. They can't have another week of, of McLeod getting killed out there. No. No, because... Theron Churchill out there? I don't know. I don't... You know... It just can't be. We can't be starting two Americans at offensive line and get that kind of result. No, absolutely not. They got to figure something out. They got to. I mean, fast. Yeah, because they're gonna look look pretty bad. You know. You know, can Shane Richard? Can Shane Richards played played tackle in in college? I think they prefer a back guard, though. Yeah, but I mean, Ooh, excuse me. You only have so many guards. You can only, we only like, have so many guards. Philip Blake a, may be able to play right tackle. I don't know. Who knows? But the, yeah, they need to do something. Four games left. Four games left. We're playing BC. Yeah. Who got this, shut the fuck out? Yeah. No, they didn't. No, the, 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 I, no. what happened was Winnipeg walked. Basically, Winnipeg walked in, walked into the stadium, gave BC a stunner, and walked out. Yeah. You know, I wasn't really, I wasn't terribly impressed with Chandler Worthy. The last game, no. No, it, you know, it, it, is you know the returns just aren't there, and no. I thought his decision to take the ball out of the end zone on that missed field goal was stupid. 
McLeod throws a t- an interception later on that drive, and that's one of the turning points. Pretty much. <sighs> well, we've been angry. We've been confused. I think we should probably bring on Matthew Shinetti to at least help us figure out one of those emotions because I think the anger is going to stay and it's going to flow through our veins until the end of the game on on, uh, Saturday. If the Argos start to struggle at all, oh boy. Good. Let the hate flow through you. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't sinister enough. Palpatine. All right, we're joined by uh, Matthew Shinetti of TSN to uh, help us make sense of the Nick Arbuckle trade. Um, first off, Matt, we we bring in Nick Arbuckle, and he, they they make him sound like he's going to be the guy for the future, regardless, and. Six months later, we're shipping them out to Edmonton. Yeah, uh, great to talk to all of you. I, I really think when everyone saw the news this morning, it, I think everyone was perplexed. Certainly, uh, with all due respect to McLeod Buckle-Thompson, who we all have seen, you know, certainly flashes of some, some great play out of. But... Nick Arbuckle, as you say, was brought to the Argos presumably to be the face of the franchise and to be the starting quarterback. Uh, certainly got injured, um, in, or at least was dealing with some ailment during preseason. Seen flashes of how well he could play after McLeod Buffalo Thompson started the season and then was benched uh, after the game uh, against Winnipeg. Uh, but uh, uh, what, what I think is curious is kind of the timing of it, um, given that I'm sure some questions could be raised that if there were financial issues, as John Murphy, Murphy was saying, vis-a-vis the six game list and some of the Argos top players who are on the six game list. Um, and you think of Cameron judge among, you know, and, and Eric Rogers, all those great free agents that Argos brought in, then this might've, if it had to be done, would have been done before and not necessarily off of the back of, of a loss, uh, against the Montreal Alouettes. Now, having said all that, um, this is clearly a decision that was on the surface well thought out, uh, or at least John Murphy will tell you was well thought out by the executive vice president of player personnel and then um, uh, general manager uh, Pinball Clemens. Because at the end of the day now, Nick Arbuckle is no longer here, and starting quarterback of the Argos is McLeod Bethel Thompson, and his backup is Antonio Pipkin. Uh, and the Argos are in the battle for first place in the East. So after a long time, as I said to him today during the media availability over zoom, you know, McLeod Bethel Thompson, after spending 10 to 11 years, you know, on a, on a football journey through the, through two or three or four leagues at a time is now the guy in a major playoff run. So uh, he has his chance, but as you say, it is incredibly perplexing because so many were under the assumption and he certainly was, I can tell you, that Nick Arbuckle was the face and the future of the Toronto Argonauts. Yeah, we're, we're, we're still trying to make 
sense of this all. And Yemi, we're hoping you could bring a little, a little bit more clarity to that because we heard all the stuff from um, John Murphy uh, on the press conference and, you know, his, his reasons and stuff like that. But it, I know if if you bring somebody in to be the face of the franchise and then, you know, you're getting rid of it at this point, would there not have to be some other reasons? Like, you know, he, maybe they weren't enamored with his play or they did something change that you that you got a sense of? Uh, you know what? Nothing that I could tell you off by any direct knowledge of it, but I will say this. It is another perplexing situation in the, in the last 10 years of the Toronto Argonauts because the one thing we heard from Jim Barker 10, 11 years ago was the Argos needed to develop a quarterback. Then they had Zach Caleros and they had Trevor Harris, and they didn't want to pay either of them. They let them walk and certainly got a one more great cup out of Ricky Ray, but have been on a long, winding, and confusing journey to find a starting quarterback ever since. Um, Nick Arbuckle, to his, and I talked to Nick today, to his eternal credit, is a professional when it comes to this, and how could he not be? Because there's only two ways you can look at his last 36 months. Uh, having gone through Calgary, Ottawa, Toronto, and now Edmonton, you can either be like, WTF, why is this keep happening to me? Or you could be as professional as he was today and saying, I'm sure it'll all work out for me in the end. I know I'm you know, going somewhere, and it's going to be, uh, it's going to be great. Now, that's just the the disposition of somebody who, you know, Nick Arbuckle having opened up to myself and other members of TSN in the future about his mental health uh, and his family's mental health, and as well having to, uh, you know, welcome a baby into the world during a pandemic and not being able to see his family stuck on this side of the border. You know, he's certainly gone ahead and, and, and dealt with a lot, but that doesn't answer your question. And it's hard to answer your question because the, the, the fact is, you know, on the surface, it was, expressed to all of us that Nick Arbuckle um, was Ryan Dinwiddie's guy, that Nick Arbuckle was under Ryan Dinwiddie, had played well, had gotten this opportunity in Ottawa, and then was traded to Toronto. But it is becoming curious because everything I can tell you that I've heard about Nick Arbuckle and I've seen it firsthand is that he's a great teammate. And his coaches tell me, and unless they're all lying on the record, that he is a very studious and assiduous uh uh, football mind and that he is a hard worker and that we have seen when he has played on the field, have we seen a, a, a perfect quarterback? No, by no means. There's no, there, there are very few, if, if any perfect quarterbacks who've ever played the Canadian football in the Canadian football league, but we have seen flashes of talent. We have seen someone who knows how to play the CFL game and read the CFL game and certainly a project worth investing in. Why the Argos didn't feel like, they wanted to go ahead and, and invested him, whether it's the reason of we, they were, as Murphy said, quote unquote, paying two starting quarterbacks um, or that there was any disagreement. And I don't know, I didn't get a sniff of it simply because Nick Arbuckle from, you know, speaking to McLeod Bethel Thompson to other members of, of the Argos uh, roster is nothing but a, a, a great teammate. And, and they're early, stays early, comes early, stays late, does all the film work. And Jarius Jackson was telling me that uh, that uh, he was Arbuckle was helping you know educate some of the coaches on some of the nuances of Ryan Dinwiddie's offense. Something doesn't add up. You're absolutely right. But it seems to me that the decision was made at, at a personnel level that they were no longer you know going to tie themselves to to Nick Arbuckle. And to be honest, they decided to move on from him when they were first in or, or at least tied for first 
in the East. And now they are, this, it's not like this is the end of the season. They have no opportunity to um, pursue, a, pursue a, a pole position in the playoffs and to host the East final. And it has to be said, and, you know, whatever the case may be and, and, and whatever decisions may come and, and follow this one, but it has to be said that John Murphy and Ryan Dinwiddie will ultimately wear this if, if, and McLeod Buffalo Thompson doesn't work out. And a lot of Argos fans can justifiably put their hands up after watching their team lose to Montreal and McLeod Buffalo Thompson throwing four interceptions to say, uh, why would you move? Why would you trade a guy who was seen as our potential starter? And you know, all indications from the Argos today was, well, you know, he really was the backup. Well, that's not how they sold him, and he wasn't sold as the backup. But all everything that the Argos are saying today is, well, you know what? We wish him all the best, but we're, we're we see as Ryan did what he said, McLeod Buffalo Thompson as the face of the franchise. Well, if McLeod Buffalo Thompson is the face of the franchise then they're locked into him for this year. And if it ultimately means that the Argos don't get to the Grey Cup or even don't even host the East final uh, after being six and three, uh, it will be something that Ryan Dinwiddie and John Murphy will have to wear. Now, and what Dinwiddie see in Antonio Pipkin? Because obviously now he's the backup and uh, you know he's praised him a lot over the past few weeks but again I, I see a guy who you know doesn't have a lot of starting experience in the CFL and the Argos are frankly one hit away from Antonio Pipkin starting a quarterback I think everyone is the flash that they've seen out of Antonio Pipkin and we saw in Montreal is certainly intriguing um, certainly when you take a look at some of the um, you know, this is of course before Burton Adams Jr. came in and 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 really brought a little bit of momentum to the Alouettes. You know, everyone thought Antonio Pipkin was certainly a guy who brought a lot of energy and 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 athleticism to uh, to the position. However, um, you're right. Uh, there is it appeared, especially in the last couple of weeks, to see the packages that were rolled up for Antonio Pipkin, not just short yardage, but some exotic plays that uh, that Brian Dinwiddie had, had brought out using him in, in, in different packages uh, showed a certain amount of faith that he had. Now, maybe that means he feels he can have a certain amount of flexibility in an offense. But Dan Ryan Dinwiddie said it, said it himself today, and it is very curious, that if you look around many teams uh, in the league that you know they've had to use multiple, multiple quarterbacks, and certainly we've seen that Hamilton has had to use three, and Montreal has now used two. And if you look through most rosters in, in the CFL. I mean, it, it's been a typical CFL year in which most teams have had to use multiple quarterbacks. Um, but it looks like they've made the estimation that uh, they, they see more value in Antonio Pipkin going forward than in, than in Nick Arbuckle. Um, does it confuse me? Certainly it, it confuses me um, because we've all seen what Nick, Nick Arbuckle can do from the first time that he played for the Calgary Stampeders and, and brought them back uh, against the BC Lions in in uh, in 2019 in a comeback win after I believe I Mitchell got injured, so the potential was obviously there with with Arbuckle. Uh, why they why they just refused to go ahead and invest in him? Uh, you know, when you get to this point, as much as there are certainly good feelings around Arbuckle as the, per, uh, the person, and Ryan did what he said that today, you start to wonder. Uh, and how could you not, if you're Nick Arbuckle, if 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 they just don't see in him that starters that starters potential, and that's that's certainly is disappointing because 
there is no doubt that he has certainly made uh, some starters money over the last uh, last little bit with both Ottawa and then you know Toronto giving him uh, you know paying him as such irrespective of there not being a season in 2020 and the prorated contract in, in 2020 uh, in 2021 but at the end of the day um, Antonio Pipkin yeah, you rightly say is that close to being the starter of the uh, the Toronto Argonauts and if that's the case and all of a sudden, the bottom falls out of the Argos season. It is going to look real bad for for John Murphy. Did you have any opportunity to speak to any of the uh, any of the other players on the team? Get their reaction to the deal? Uh, no, apart from McLeod Buffalo Thompson. I mean, I'll be heading to practice tomorrow. Um, but you know, I did. You know, curious. I put a Twitter a tweet out just talking about Arbuckle's. Uh, um, you know, disposition and his attitude towards all this. And it certainly was liked by a bunch of Argos and a bunch of players across the league. You know, Jamal Campbell and Juwan Breskison liked, you know, the tweet. And, and you always sometimes you could obviously read into a social media interaction. But I think it just underlines that as a person, Nick Arbuckle was, was well-liked. Um, now, the one thing I will say about McLeod Buffalo-Thompson is this, and it is true of, of how as long as he's been in Toronto since 2017 when he was the third-string quarterback, you know, third, second-string quarterback behind Ricky Ray uh, when, they, uh, when they won the Grey Cup. Um, you know, the, the truth being that he is seen as a, uh, as a strong leader in that locker room, that most that guys love playing for McLeod. And McLeod said it himself today that, you know, he feels now that he can really have a voice and not feel like, you know, he has to kind of split the duties between himself himself and Arbuckle. Um, this is strange all the way around. There, there, there's, no, there's no other way of, of cutting it. But, you know, the one thing I think that does need to be said um, is that McLeod Bethel Thompson has earned this opportunity. Um, you know, you see some of the Argos wins, you see some of the throws he's made, you know, I think it's fair to say that, and he would admit this, that at times, you know, McLeod Buffalo Thompson can, can wow you with his arm in one series and then totally confound you with some of his throws or some of the near, near misses that he has the next series. As we go forward, the microscope is going to be even tighter on him because he is now the starting quarterback and but he's earned the opportunity, um, regardless of what, what injury or whatever the situation was, and personality's not working, if that was ultimately the case behind closed doors that led to Nick Arbuckle not being in Toronto anymore, the fact is that McLeod Buffalo-Thompson is not the quarterback of this team. Um, he's, he's certainly earned that right because he's won them, he's won them some games, and you know, I think uh, Argos fans, chief among them, will look at that that um, walk-off win against the Hamilton Tire Cats just only a few weeks ago. Uh, but I imagine if the Argos had beaten the Alouettes and then McLeod, Bethel Thompson, uh, or sorry, Nick Arbuckle had been traded, I think the, 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 it would have been a little different. The, 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 the reaction might be a little different, but it's still very, very um, justifiable to think, you know, the, the narrative around Arbuckle was he's the future, he's the starter. That's how he was sold, and now we're back to McLeod Buffalo Thompson. But here we are um, going forward, though for for Nick Arbuckle. I wonder, given everything that Jamie Elizondo has said about Taylor Cornelius in Edmonton, uh, what kind of opportunity is Nick Arbuckle now going going to get uh, with the Elks and a team that is clearly trying to find any kind of rhythm or any kind of leadership? So maybe a great opportunity for him, maybe not. But uh, 
certainly when everyone saw the news today that he was being traded, it raised everyone's eyebrows. Oh, Matt, I want to thank you very much for try for uh, helping us make sense of the situation. Um, you, you know, you, you mentioned that you know McLeod Bethel Thompson has been looked as the leader leader, and I and I've been noticing little things all all year that he's done that you that you really don't see a quarterback do. Um, you know, I, I saw him help an injured player off the field. I've never seen a quarterback do go out there to help somebody off the field. I, I've seen him, you know, rush into the end, end zone when we were scoring defensive touchdowns. Not often. He's also the holder. He's also the holder for the team. He's also the holder for the team yeah. too, right? You rarely see a starting yeah. quarterback as the holder for the uh, for the uh, place kicker. Yeah, and you know, so you know, in in that sense, like you know, the fact that you know now he doesn't have to share those duties as is you know being the 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 leader, he can really let it all out. Um, you know, I think that's at least, you know, a good sign for this team as much as our buckle was liked. Um, you know, I think, uh, uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson is probably, you know, he's got just as much, uh, leadership capabilities as our buckle did. Yeah. Uh, and the one thing that he knows that, well, Nick Arbuckle knows what it's like to, to win a championship as a backup to Bo Levi Mitchell, and McLeod Buckle Thompson knows what it's like to win the, a championship behind Ricky Ray. Ultimately, this is going to be uh, a lot of opinions will be shaped to Ryan Dinwiddie as a coach. Now, we've seen, I think, a full spectrum of Ryan Dinwiddie throughout this season uh, through someone, uh, a very, very astute play caller to someone who clearly has emotions on the sidelines. Uh, you know, you go back to, like I said, that walk-off win against the Ticats. This is the real anxious and nervy time now because the Ticats face Edmonton this week. And even though you don't want to predetermine a win before it happens because it has to be earned, but Hamilton is going to be the favorite going into that game. The Argos have a tricky game, albeit at home, against the BC Lions team that needs to win. Um, And then, of course, you're looking at the Montreal Alouette schedule, which is filled with games against Winnipeg and Saskatchewan, although Winnipeg really doesn't have anything to play for until the beginning of December. So there's, there's certainly um, this race in the East is a lot tighter uh, than it might've looked seven days ago. And if McLeod Bethel Thompson is the guy now, Ryan Dinwiddie said it today. I mean, he, if he's going out in the media and saying, I've got to do a better job of, of making sure the ball gets out of McLeod's hand quicker so that we're not turning the ball over and, and so on and so forth. You know, this is the kind of pressure that a first-year coach is going to be under. And here we go. Uh, if he has certainly shown the emotion uh, on the sidelines, now it's time to see if he can get the best out of McLeod Bethel Thompson because uh, this has been, a, as I mentioned before, not to repeat myself, this has been a long time coming from McLeod Bethel Thompson. This is a guy who has gone a long, long journey around NFL franchises and, um, you know, spring league franchises and obviously – spent some time in the CFL, first in the Blue Bombers and now with the Argos. This is a guy who has been waiting and been patient and worked and worked. How often do you see a journey like McLeod Bethel Thompson's where in his early 30s, he finally gets a chance to be the undisputed starter and the, and the chance to be, you know, the quote-unquote future, future of a franchise. This is his opportunity now. And if he's, if, if his, if uh, Ryan, Din, Ryan Dinwiddie has tied his wagon to, uh, to McLeod Bethel Thompson, both of their futures in their positions will now rely on each other. And they've got the only, the only way to justify a decision like that is winning. 
All right, Matt, thank you very much for joining us on the on the FanCast. Uh, as always, always great to have you on. Take care, guys. All Thanks right, for coming. Good night. Thanks. And that was Matthew Shinetti, um, making things, I guess, a little clearer. Not that much. He sounded just as shocked about this whole situation as, as we were. Again, because nobody fully trusts McLeod at this point. And it's it's not like our buckle was lights out either. Nope. Uh, in the games he was playing, but at the same time, same same time they're they're making the decision. They're going with Arbuckle. This is now no Arbuckle's no, Kurt no, Warner no. story. Or sorry, yeah. law firm's uh, <laughs> Kurt Warner story. Yep. But, I, I think that's something in a swear jar. Yeah. Okay. Um, I I just have to... One thing I have to say here, though. We've been spoiled when it comes to starting quarterbacks. I mean, we've had... I mean, we've had Ricky Ray, right? And a lot of people are trying to make law firm fit into his shoes before Ricky no, Ray. Hmm? Law firm's not a Ricky Ray. No, he's not. No, but I mean, you take, but then no. you take, but then you look further back behind, beyond or behind Ricky Ray. We also had Damon Allen too. So we, mm-hmm. so it's like, I think we've been spoiled when it comes to having great quarterbacks. So it's, so it's like now we've got someone who is, who is, well, as according to the stats anyway, mid tier, right. And a lot of fans just think, oh, he's no good throw. We should have got, we should have kept our buckle who I do had worse numbers. Yeah. To be perfectly honest. So I don't, so we have to show a little bit of, we have to show, I mean, you know, like we also, guy. sorry. What was that? Will? I have no idea. Oh, okay. No, the thing crashed. Oh, oh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how long I was speaking when I was actually kicked off the thing. Do you remember you what you were said? Very, very. We heard about the first two syllables. Say that session planned a quarterback very well over the years, and you know Harris, Fajardo, Caleros, all three now starters in their own right. Yeah, we can hear you. I know, and McLeod's thirty-three, and you know. Now, are some people overreacting to the game against Montreal? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a good 
it wasn't a uh, it was a terrible loss. Don't get me wrong, but at the same time, it's a place. Montreal's a place where the Argos tend not to do very well, and uh, I mean, the, you know, the one disappointing part was, you know, the stakes that you know the stakes of the game and they didn't come out, but. You know, right now, well, guess go into our preview of BC. I mean, they're going up against a BC team that's reeling from their shit kicking at the hands of Winnipeg. The Argos are at home, where they tend to do play, play do play better, and I mean, they got to clean up that. There's two things at play here. I mean, they got to clean up that offensive line. For sure. Uh, McLeod does. I mean, McLeod did miss on several throws. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, BC, BC doesn't run the ball a whole lot, so I'm not Do necessarily really? concerned about that, but. Do you really have to? When you have Michael, when you have Michael Riley as quarterback, do you really need to run the ball, though? Well, I mean,. They haven't been able to beat the better teams, BC. No, and so. I, and I and I think the way BC plays, uh, at least on offense, plays well into our strong suits on defense. You know, the, we'll we'll have our interior. We we'll probably get some some rush on on Michael Riley. Obviously, we're you know, he's the master at you know, taking a half step this way, half step that way to avoid something. But, you know, he he uses more of the short passing game in uh, in place of the running attack in, in any offense he's run. And I think our guys are better suited to that. We've got a fast defense. We don't have a massively big defense. So, you know, not having a team that runs the ball, Will probably help out, and and as you say, you know, I think the other key to the this game would be keeping McLeod Bethel Thompson upright. Yeah, he's not going to be a successful quarterback. I mean, no quarterback's going to be successful if 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 they don't have time to throw. But especially with McLeod, he, I mean. He could probably run a little bit better than we give him credit for, but he doesn't want to have to run. Point no. is, he shouldn't have to. He, yeah, he needs time to stand in there and find his receivers. But you know, he, you know, looking back at the Montreal game, you know, he has to hit Worthy on that that deep post early in the game. He has to hit Ricky uh, Collins Jr. on that throw later in the quarter. You know, this isn't this isn't all on the offensive line either. The concerns here are legitimate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know, they they have to play a much better game than they played in in Montreal, yeah. and they know that. Everybody knows that. Um, and I think they so, will actually. Because well, I hope so. Because you yeah. know, as, as Matt, as Matt, as Matt Shinetti said, um, the fact of the matter is, you know, Montreal does have the harder schedule. 
But, you know, Hamilton has Edmonton this week. Yep, but Hamilton has a practically identical schedule to us. Yeah, well, yeah, but our schedule is not terribly, in theory on paper, it's not terribly difficult. No, it's not. And we should, and yeah, we should be going, like, honestly, like, on Saturday afternoon, we should be going in there, stomping a mud hole in them and walking it dry. I I would hope that our I would hope that the players respond in that fashion, but then again, well they our have opponent, <laughs> they have in the past this season. Worse. You know what I mean? Our opponent got it worse. Yep. But they were taking on the best team in the league right now. Yeah, but that doesn't that, that doesn't mean that, that you know their players are going to feel less. You know. BC is going to come out like there's 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 no way that you know they're going to come out and not not try to play a hundred percent better than they played uh, last week against Winnipeg. Hmm. Yeah, agreed. I mean that's that's a given, you know. But at the same time, in BC hasn't like Doug, you mentioned they haven't played great against the better teams. No, I we need to, you know, make the statement that we should have made last week and knock them down, stand on their throats, and don't get off till they stop struggling. Yeah, because I mean, this 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 Argo team, you know, in our six wins, only really blew out one team so far. Mm hmm. And I still haven't seen the Argos play a full 60 minute game. No. And I think they need to get that running. Uh, try to get that. I mean, they're, tr- they are trying to get that running game going, but when they fell behind against Montreal, they had to stop. I think they need to get DJ Foster back on track a little bit. I, I'm wondering you know, if teams have finally sort of figured out how to contain him. Cause he's really struggled since, Last couple weeks. Well, you know, DJ Foster is he's he's the he's the breakaway guy. He's going to get away, but they haven't uh, given him the the holes he needs to get to that no. speed where he can you know make those breakaway cuts or you know the the, the minute moves that we're not going to yeah. see, but is going to you know. All of a sudden, why did that defender fall down? Well, never mind. We're already past him, right? It, it, so we've yeah we 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 have to be better in all phases, and I know we can be. We just have to get out there and do it, and hopefully, the guys we got coming in, you know, and the filling in and spots can step up because they need to real fast. The Argos need to treat this game as if it's a wake-up call. Because the last game, that was the worst loss they've suffered this year. The last game was the worst suffered they lost, yep. worst loss that they've suffered this year. They need to they need to treat this lap game as like, okay, you know what? We got punched in the mouth, and it, and Montreal made a statement with that one saying, hey, we're 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 gunning for the top too. Don't count us. Don't count us out. So it's 
very much a three-way race now. Very, It is very yeah. much a three-way race in the East. And we need to get themselves back in the conversation as a contender. Very much so. And the, the players know it and they have, and they have to go out there and show it period. And then we have a little bit of other CFL news that uh, came out this week that I, uh, you know, came out on yesterday, but it's been completely overshadowed. Um, Marcel Desjardins is no longer the general manager of the Ottawa Red Blacks. He was relieved of his duties on Monday. Yeah. And uh, he seemed pretty happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah, he was trying tweet, to get fired. <laughs> his his wow. tweet, no longer with the Red Blacks, exclamation point. Happy to be able to spend real time with, with my wife. Nothing better in life. I I don't think anybody can be shocked by this. I mean, no. whether or not there's ownership meddling there is unknown, but the fact of the matter is this guy, you know. He hasn't put a, a, a winner on the field. Yeah, you know, the, the, the Red Blacks kind of, I mean, we probably need to see a longer period of history, but, you know, the the – Red Blacks kind of remind me of the Arizona Diamondbacks when they came into the baseball. Yeah, you know they won a they won a World Series very quickly, and then you know since then they've been kind of a middle, you know, not a not the greatest franchise. I mean, it's been it, an it afterthought. Is, yeah, I mean, in a nine team league, it, it's you know not likely this will happen in, with Ottawa, but you know. Uh, the, the shine fell off quickly. Um, you know, Trevor Harris leaves, Greg Atlinson leaves, William Powell leaves, you know, and, and he hasn't been able to, you know, he's tried to replace them with, you know, raw recruits and it's blown up in his face. And frankly, I don't understand how anybody could have, um, you know, gone into this 2021 season and thought the team that he had put on the field was going to be successful. No. No. I think everybody had everybody had Ottawa pegged for dead last in the East, and guess what? They're dead right. Last in the East. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of uh, of Ottawa, it's time for the. Greatest fantasy and pick 'em advice uh, known to CFL podcast worlds. You, you know what? I'm going to defend that. We're probably not as bad at the pick 'em part. It's it's the fantasy that. Yeah, it's, <laughs> the, fa- it's the fantasy we suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pick 'em wise, I'm. I, if I if I look at the record, I'm probably not too bad. But the fact that I, you know, go. And pick the with the CFL pick him anyway. I'm I'm uh, I'm doing that whole confidence thing, and I'm always a hundred percent confident that my uh, my team's gonna my picks are gonna do well. But you know, we'll, yeah. Anyway, fantasy. Um, David, load up on Calgary. They're playing Ottawa. I'm not, I'm not touching anything with fantasy anymore. <laughs> yeah. I'm riding McLeod Bethel Thompson. 
Um, and then I had to pick. God damn it! It still looks wrong in my list. I I got a I got a Hamilton running back, but they're playing Edmonton, and they got Kadeem Carey, Calgary. That doesn't look right to me, but they're playing Ottawa. So, but all I can say, I get yeah, and then. I decided my Argo wide receiver choice is DeVaris Daniels, and uh, I'm taking Doug's suggestion of DJ Foster in the flex spot. Doug, have you got your team together? Nope. <laughs> well, we know DJ Foster's in your flex spot. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that's about it. That's all we need to know. I only scored I don't know how I scored 40 points last week. Oh, that's right. Rasheed Bailey did did well. Everybody else sucked. Pick them. Start off with a doubleheader on Friday night. Calgary is in the nation's capital to take on the Red Blacks, who suck. The Stampeders are 10.5-point favorites. That's it? Yeah. I, I think some, yeah. I don't think that's a lot. I'd take those, those points, but that's as much as I'm going to say. I'm not going to say I'm picking Calgary, but I, I would I would take 10.5 points against Ottawa for a team that, with a team that's getting hot. So do with that what you will. Uh, will, who are you got? Stamp Peters. Doug? Stamps. And then we get the second game, Hamilton in Edmonton. Fuck, another one that. <laughs> Fuck it, I'm picking. I'm picking the Elks. I don't care. I can't say Hamilton. It's, Hamilton's it, four and a half points favorites, and that's yeah. it. Well, Hamilton isn't actually as good as. They, yeah, they're not. Yeah, I know they're not as anywhere near as good as they were last year. Not even close. Not even remotely. And, and I think they're going to be without uh, Braylon Addison. I think it is, and uh, somebody else too. Hmm. So. Either, I, either way, either, I'm not picking them either way. Like, yes. I, I want the Elks to beat them so I can have a so I can laugh. Yeah. Will? Um, sure. You want me to pick Edmonton? I'll pick Edmonton. Damn right. Be petty with us. <laughs> Saturday, we got, Saturday, we got the, the doubleheader. We've got the Toronto was the early game. BC is coming to town. Uh, and Toronto was three and a half point favorites. Will, are you taking those points? Yeah. The Argos are three and a half point favorites. Yeah. Yeah. Please rebound, Argos. <laughs> Doug, taking the Argos at each and every day. Like I said, it's going to be yeah. they're going to. I mean, BC will put up a little bit of a fight, but I mean, the Argos are just going to. I think they're just going to walk a mud walk a mud hole in them and stomp it dry. That's what I'm hoping for too. I'm taking the Argos. Um, and I have a feeling they're going to, I, 
I'm going to pick him for a double-digit win. Uh, and then the evening game, we've got Saskatchewan in Montreal. Saskatchewan are one-and-a-half-point favorites in this. I, I got Saskatchewan only because... I still don't think the the, the beer can is... Uh, Exactly what Montreal needs at quarterback. Oh, God. <laughs> I pass. He's going to punt. He's punting. He's punting it. All right. Doug? And I think you know why I'm passing. Yeah, we, we, we all know. <laughs> we'll let you. You, you know something? I... I'm going to take Montreal this week. Okay. All right. And from that. All right, gentlemen, you have three minutes and you better make it good. Three minutes and we're out of here. We got three minutes and we're out. Is this thing on? Yeah. Are you hearing it? It's time for the longest three minutes in, in podcast history. All right. Pork rankings. Pork rankings for week 12. They came out earlier today. Um, bombers are still bacon, as as they've been pretty much all year. Uh, Argos took a bit of a hit, and Al's had a bit of a jump. Um, I get, okay, so, okay, so yeah, I got, we'll start with the Al's. They're lap yuck this week. Lap yuck. Yeah. The name sounds a bit funky, but this is just Chinese cured pork belly. Add soy, ginger, wine, and a little bit of whiskey. In brackets, mostly for me. Delish. That does sound pretty damn good. Yeah. Now, I don't, now I'm going to argue this one. Well, mainly because the guy spelt it wrong. I'm guessing he was going for Kilbasa, but he said Kubasa. Okay. There there's a thing here. Okay. okay. Alright, yeah, explain this, please. Kilbasa, Kilbasa and Kubasa okay. are almost identical sausages. Ah. Kubasa is a a uh, you know Western Ukrainian um, Polish kind of sausage where Kilbasa is uh, I get a little more on the Polish side. Um, okay. It, it, honestly, if you had both side by side, you probably couldn't tell the difference. Ah, gotcha. It, it, and and it's you know Ukrainians out west swear by Kubasa, um, but to be honest, I can't. It's one of those things where you know, oh, this is better because it's just this. You know, there's no definite reason and. The only people that know the difference are the butchers that are making it. Ah, I gotcha. Okay, so yeah, we all know it. So, so you all know what it is. Yeah, so it's Kubasa. You know, you know what? I hate to say it. That sounds that sounds like a county in Wyoming somewhere. <laughs> well, Kubasa County Sheriff Lane, whatever the hell his name, whatever. Like I don't know. <laughs> just just random thought. 
Anyway, so yeah, he said, so yeah, they say Ukrainian gift from the gods. And boy, did you get a gift this past week. I like mine boiled first and sizzled up with the pierogi. Amazing. You know what? Polish do it almost the exact same way. <laughs> I like mine fried up. Just get a little, just get some mushrooms and onions and oh, I make me so fucked. Making me hungry. Okay, so the stamps are pig's ears. So it's soul food cuisine oft, oft enjoyed in the southern U.S. can be can also be a colloquial name for boiled for boiled pastry. What you get depends week to week. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> the uh, the scum are pan rabbit, a fancy name for for a not so fancy dish. This is bits and pieces cobbled together into something edible. If you close your eyes, it's tolerable. No. No, if yeah, no, 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 no. Hamilton is never close your eyes and it's tolerable. Maybe if you clo- closed your eyes, plugged your nose, maybe not breathe or wear or wear a hazmat suit when you're walking, then yeah, it could be tolerable. There will be one moment when it's tolerable. Yeah, it's either yeah, it's, yeah, it's when when, uh, when, when, when Toronto's hoisting the Grey Cup in oh, in Hamilton. Well, I was I was I was gonna say when I was gonna say when Boris puts splits the uprights again, but well, yeah, I'll take that, that too. <laughs> I'll take a Hamilton meltdown every day of the week. Uh, okay, the Argos this week are pork terrine, so minced pork and liver stirred vigorously until the mixture holds together in a sticky mass. Some good stuff. Some not so good stuff, but hearty. That's about right, I think. Yeah. And then you have the three. Then you have the three bottom teams: Elks, Lions, and Red Blacks, and are all and they are all just different kinds of spam. There's different kinds of spam. I'm y- fucking scared. Yes, there is. Yes, there is, and th- they do exist. Because oddly enough, I watched. There was this thing I watched, and it was about spam, and there are different kinds of spam out there. So. The elks are ter- the elks are teriyaki spam. When you're when you're completely incapable of selecting your own ingredients, others will just add things in there for you. Don't count on it being better. Mm-hmm. The lions are hot and spicy spam. Some people like to add a little zing to their meal just to lift things up a bit, and sometimes that zing will just give you the shits instead. Mm-hmm. And the red blacks are hickory smoked spam. Sometimes you just keep throwing things in just to see if maybe this helps. Doesn't really matter what you put in there this year. It just stinks. Yeah. All right. What else we got? Um. Apparently, Mark Tristman is back. Uh, is back somewhere. He's actually doing... Now, I haven't watched any of these. I just found this out literally while we were talking to Matt. He's got a little thing on a YouTube channel called The 33rd Team. It's a very small channel. But it's called Coordinator's Corner. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, yeah, you could tell he spent a lot of time in Canada watching hockey. (laughs) So, like I said, I haven't... So, okay, so here's a description off their off the latest video here. 
It says, longtime coordinator in the NFL and former Chicago Bears head coach Mark Tressman. You can tell these guys are whatever. But they do, but they did ta- but they did hashtag us as well as the Bears and the Owls. But so Mark Tressman joins us for Coordinator's Corner, a series in which Coach Tressman breaks down some of the best plays and des- best play designs from the previous week of football. First, and this is there this is the video that was posted today. Uh, first we start with one of the best pairings <gasps> in the NFL. Uh, basically there's basically this video that they have. It's, uh, Matt Stafford and, and copper cup, I Cooper cup. Sorry. Cooper cup. Yeah. Whatever. How did this? So, yeah. So he's just going off on that. And it's, it's very short. It's only about 90 seconds long, but I mean, it's, if you're interested, it's worth a watch. Okay. And, uh, Let's tweets see. from Kazakhstan, maybe. Yeah, tweets from Kazakhstan. Let's let's get into that. Has that been a lot this week? No, he's he's got two really good ones though. Yeah, it's, um, it's going to take me a bit to get there, so you're going to have to do okay. it. Okay. Well, after after the uh, the Arbuckle trade, obviously there's some stories that came out, and then you know somebody there was somebody questioning uh, you know whether or not Toronto really cared to know about Arbuckle and, uh, you know, saying that, you know, Toronto really doesn't care about the, the, the CFL. He prefers the CFL, but blah, 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 blah. So our friends from Kazakhstan, uh, replied to, replied to him, the Kazakh people love Argos. You have to go to the game, cheap tickets and cheap beer, beautiful women. There are no yaks. Yeah. He's not yes. lying. No, he's not. No, he's not lying at all. <laughs> there is some yakking if people get too drunk. Yeah. Um, there's a hell of a lot of yakking on Facebook afterwards. Yep. Especially if there's especially if there's a loss. And and, well, and let me you know <laughs> we're on the idea of social media. So the. On ArgoFans.com, the thread for the Argo loss to Montreal had 141 replies. The win against Hamilton had 74. The win against Ottawa had 101. And the win against Montreal, the one they won at BMO against Montreal, only had, let's see, 61 replies. So, what you're saying is, we like to complain. Well, I think people like to complain when they can finally go after Mr. Bethel Thompson. <laughs> and then the, the other one he had the, had this week, um, and was also earlier today, um, I'm assuming it it had something to do with the Argos changing the quarterback. He just said simply, I want to change my wife. <laughs> so he's probably working in the potassium mine the the rest of the week. <laughs> yep. Probably hopefully he can get hopefully he can get some good drinks in him on the weekend. <laughs> yeah. 
some good yak milk and uh, enjoy an <laughs> yak milk and potato vodka. <laughs> Anything else we got, Doug? Uh, <laughs> just don't mix them. No, no, that would just don't sound. Mix, that would be gross. That would be absolutely gross. Um, eh, I think that's it. All right. Well, Will, do you have something? No. Okay. No, he's just being an. He's just being an ass. Doug wasn't sure at the end, so. All right. Well, that does it for the Argos Fancast. Want to thank Matt Shinetti for joining us to uh, try and help us make sense of the Arbuckle trade. I think we're in a slightly better mind frame. Um, you can find no. us at Argos Fan. Actually, you know, Will, where can they find you? They can find me at Argo Fans or at www. Do they have too many W's? Who knows? Argofans.com, where I am no less um, reassured. <laughs> Doug, where can they find you? Actually, one last thing: there okay. will be a, there will be a spirit of Edmonton this year at Great. We Cup. forgot. How did we forget about the spirit of Edmonton? There, they Sorry. just they, apparently they just confirmed they confirmed it literally like an hour ago. From when we're recording, probably the Sheridan Ballroom. Nice. Yeah, they say full. Yeah, full breakfast on Saturday. Other festivities and to, details to be announced soon. That's well. That's yes. Yeah, they're not sanctioned by the league or the Elks, so nope. They're totally independent. Yep. Okay. All right, Doug. Now, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter at DougB519. You can find the Double Blue Order on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Double Blue Order, on Twitter at Double Blue Order, and on Instagram at The Double Blue Order. Get some Double, double Blue Order merch, doubleblueorder.ca. Pick up your law firm t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Blue. And I am Clay Chisholm. You can find me at all kinds of Clay. You can find the Argos Fancast at Argos Fancast or anywhere you find your friendly neighborhood podcast. Just search Argos Fancast or the argosfancast.podbean.com. We'll talk to you next time when we're celebrating a win over BC at BMO Field. Cheers. Roll. Cool.